0: Hello and welcome to the EKU School of Business 5Q series. I'm Mike Hawksley and I'll be your host for today. In this 5Q podcast series, we have a chance to get to know our colleagues, our students, our graduates, and all of our friends of EKU business. We have a chance to hear from people who believe in EKU, from people who have a dream and find a way to realize that dream, and to hear from seasoned business professionals And with this opportunity, we want to engage our students and our future students and all of our stakeholders to give some insight on what goes on behind the scenes inside the School of Business. We want these interviews to act as an oral history, describing what went on in years past, what we're working on today, and what we hope for the future. But first, this podcast is brought to you by
1: the Eastern Kentucky University School of Business. House in the beautiful Business and Technology Center on EKU's main Richmond campus, the EKU School of Business, graduating the most coveted business students in the region. Our undergraduate and graduate degree programs have produced global leaders and innovators. Are you the next great business leader? It's a great day to be a colonel, a business colonel.
0: Thanks, Allison. It is indeed a good day to be a colonel. And now, before we start, a salute to those that serve in the past, present, and future. Colonel's orders, fire the cannon. Fire! And now let's get on with our five cues. Today we're getting to know one of our friends of the EKU School of Business. We're here today with Dr. Greg Gillum. Dr. Gillum is a friend of Eastern and participates with Dr. Frida Awang in some of her communication classes. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Thanks for being with us today. We'd like to get to know you a little better, and to that end, I'd like to ask you five questions. First, we'd like to know a little about your background. Where did you grow up, and where did you learn to do the work you do?
1: All right, well, good question. So I'm a product of Eastern Kentucky. I grew up in Perry County, or Hazard. I made my way to the University of Kentucky through pharmacy school. So I'm a graduate of UK College of Pharmacy. I then went on to do some postdoc work out in Virginia. Became a faculty member actually at the Virginia Commonwealth University um, before I uh, sold my soul to the pharmaceutical industry and uh, became a national director of a couple of different drug brands. That brought me actually back to Kentucky and to Richmond itself. But at one time in my career, I wanted to really uh, leave corporate America and kind of uh, flex my entrepreneurial wings. And in 2004, I left GlaxoSmithKline voluntarily and started Human Fusion, which is a management consulting firm based in here in Richmond. Uh, but uh, we have international uh, clients and international reach.
0: Very good. Tell me your interaction with Dr. Owang. You visit her classes and, and what happens when you visit?
1: Yeah, so Dr. Wang and I are very good friends. Um she has invited me in on a couple of different occasions to lecture uh to her international business community. In fact, about uh three weeks ago I came in to talk to the students about the importance of self-awareness and emotional intelligence and how important that is in the in the business environment today, uh especially the global environment that we live in. And um so she was she's very gracious. Uh I uh, love working with her and um, and she uh, let
0: me know about this podcast, and here I sit. She's a great one. yep, yeah. thanks for mentioning. Question number two, what does a typical workday look like for you? Well, as a management
1: consultant, I typically uh, work very closely with uh, human resources department in the companies that employ me. Just so f- I'll give you an example of what I'm doing today. So today, I'm helping uh, a company hire uh, an area vice president. So I'm very involved in the, uh, the screening and the, the interviewing of that particular uh, candidate pool. Once we get to a certain point, this company uh, believes in the normative behavioral assessment that I do. and So we will do that. I will interpret those results uh, from a management and leadership standpoint and give them uh, an analysis uh, on that. And from that, they'll have an extremely good objective way to hire the right people, most companies don't use assessments to hire people. Even if they do use assessments, they use the wrong ones. They use ipsative assessments to hire uh, people with, which is the wrong type of instrument. And so, really important to use normative behavioral assessment. And so, that's just one area that I help. I do a lot of management coaching as well. I have fourteen clients at the moment, so that is actually a lot more than I should have. It keeps me uh, really, really busy, but. Um, I coach uh, managers to, to become better managers. I do a lot of training as well. I'm involved in a nine-week course in one company in Lexington right now um, that is uh, for their frontline leadership. Uh, that's an, uh, four hours every week for nine weeks. Um, so that's an interesting project. Um, so, so anything really related to the, the talent development arm of human resources, um, I, that's where I come in handy and, and, and become a partner. With those companies?
0: Oh, very good. Question number three, what does the future hold for your profession?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the future of management because as a consultant, you you want management to be around for a very, very long time. We all know about the invasion of uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and 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 that uh, type of automation is starting to take over a lot of what we call algorithmic tasks in the workplace. So things that are very routine, things that are very repetitive, are being replaced. Even now, I was actually in Walmart in Lexington not too long ago, and that store was one of six stores in the country that was selected to have a robot in the aisles, going up and down the aisles, searching for hazards, tripping hazards. Uh, it would search for you know boxes of cereal in the aisle. It would search for spills uh, of liquid. And it would alert the management team that there's an issue in aisle seven. And uh, it's just fascinating. Now, what I do, I help managers manage people better. Fortunately for me, uh, management is a heuristic task. It is not involved... Uh, with context and emotion and abstract thinking and things like that, which robots right now are not very good at. And so I think the future of management is very, very strong. If you look at the World Economic Forum's top five skills for 2020, people management is number four on that list. And so uh, management is strong. And I think, therefore, because companies don't do a lot of management training, I think management consulting is going to grow and
0: grow and grow. Wonderful opportunity to integrate the human side with the machine side. Absolutely. And take advantage of of machines where they're going to bring efficiencies and productivity and uh, let the humans do the human thing. That's right. Very good. Question number four, what knowledge or skill do you wish you had mastered before starting your career?
1: Well, so I'm a pharmacist by training, and so uh, I joined the 53% of people in the world today that aren't really working in their degreed field. It's a very interesting time uh, in human history. But as a, as a management consultant and as someone who, just to give you some background, when I was at GlaxoSmithKline, I was a manager of people for about 10 years. And so I, that's, where, that's why I became a consultant, because I loved management, absolutely Ate it for breakfast and lunch and dinner. I just loved the, the whole uh, the whole concept. So I knew how to do the talent development side of HR really really well. And so when I came out as a coach in 2004, that's my value proposition to companies. What I wish I had more background in is the other side of the human resources coin, and that is the admin side, so comp and benefits, employee relations, those types of things that I just don't have a background for. But if I did, I could expand my coaching practice even more. Very good.
0: Last question. Discuss one issue or topic relevant to society today where you believe a new business graduate can have an impact.
1: Well, to, to kind of stay in the, in the same realm or the same field, I think any student who is interested in the management profession has an unbelievable opportunity today. When I was at GlaxoSmithKline, we received 120 hours of management training a year. That's equivalent to one month a year in management training. They really believe that if we trained our managers really, really well, That would solve a lot of business problems. So when I came out as a coach of managers in 2004, I thought every company focused on management development and management training. Uh, what I learned is that very few actually do. So if you're a student and you really are interested and intrigued by management and you want to come out and start your career and be a really, really good manager and really uh, have a very focused development plan on that, the the sky is the limit. There really is no upper limit for you because there are so few trained managers out there that you really stick out. You will differentiate yourself very quickly in the market especially if you use a coach or uh, have a mentor um, that, that can guide you along the way uh, that'll even accelerate your path even further so uh, if, if you love management or you're interested in management go into that field and be very confident that your future is very bright
0: so to that i would ask a little bit about the management part i'm thinking the skill set that's relevant to the student today, I'm thinking motivation would be a really key component. Can you tell me some of the others you think that uh, new students are going to take yeah. into, the, into their profession?
1: Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm drawing now on the World Economic Forum data on what skills are necessary for 2020. Uh, they, do it, they do this every five years. And so what we know is that the number one skill that businesses are looking for right now is complex problem solving the ability to take a lot of different information coming at you from every direction. You know, we live in a VUCA world, volatility, complexity, uncertainness, and then uh, ambiguity, the the VUCA acronym that you hear about in in Harvard Business Review all the time. We live in that world. And so if you can take problems, very complex problems, and help solve them, you're going to be uh, an asset to a business. The uh, The other four are critical thinking skills people management, as I said before, and the ability to collaborate and form teams and really drive change management. The one uh, skill that kind of snuck up on all of us, which was very interesting when this came out uh, last year, was creativity. Creativity not in an artistic sense where we want people to know how to watercolor or something like that, but the creativity in terms of how to really think about uh, Issues in a very new way. So innovation, design thinking, parallel thinking, th- those types of things. Uh, that's really, really important. So uh, as I was telling Dr. Wong's class a, a few weeks ago, you know, if you, if you really like management and you want to, to lead in the, in the next few years, really work on your problem-solving skills, critical thinking skills, creativity, um, and, and then everything else will fall into place for you.
0: I've got a bonus question for you, Greg. I know you're you have a, a co-authorship in a book, Blueprint for Success. Can you tell me just a little bit about that book?
1: Other than the uh, other than the Bible, Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, was the most formative book in my entire life. In fact, it changed my course of going uh, from an academic standpoint. I was a professor at the the Virginia Commonwealth University, and no one really jumped into the pharmaceutical industry at the time that I did. It was a very uh, taboo kind of movement, Um, but I did it because I understood the habit one, proactivity, so I've been a sort of a disciple of Stephen Covey for a very, very long time. In the mid-2000s, Dr. Covey wanted to write a book with regional coaches. And he contacted a publisher in Tennessee who contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested in writing a chapter in one of his books. He was also co-authoring it with Dr. Kim Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute Manager. So here are two icons that I had been uh, studying and and, uh, reading all their books forever. World-renowned. World-renowned, and they asked me if I want to write a chapter in one of their books. It didn't take me very long to say yes. And so I I wrote Chapter 5 in the book Blueprint for Success – and, um, you know, I got to know Drs. Covey and uh, Blanchard a little bit through that process. We're, we weren't great friends, but we were, uh, you know, we, we got to be on a few podcasts together and conference calls, and, and I've been to several of their workshops over the years, and, and just uh, just fantastic people and just a really good experience. And it's helped my business. Having a marketing tool that I can use to, to promote my business is, is very helpful.
0: And what a wonderful opportunity that turned into. Yes. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Well, well, Greg, uh, I appreciate very much. Thank you for being here. We appreciate the time you spent with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Mike.